Conrad. Hey, Guy. I've got some news for you today. Yeah, tell me. I moved. You moved to Birmingham, Michigan, didn't you? Oh, you already know. How did you, you guess? You told me. You want to know what's funny? Right before this, I had an amazing call with an amazing lawyer from Birmingham, Michigan. And because I looked up where you had moved, I was able to tell him exactly where it was. And we developed a relationship over that really quickly. Nice. Even though he had a Michigan State shirt on during our call. Ha. Mm. Well, we'll, we can forgive Michigan State. Yeah, we can for now. So it's been interesting, you know, feeling very uh, grateful that I was able to make this move, you know, some... uh, challenging times. But um, one of the things that I think maybe some listeners might be interested in, because I know lawyers are often dealing with the same issues of whether to be remote in the office, where to be working. They, you know, We talk about the Google My Business stuff all the time. But um, for me, we were very fortunate that we had switched to remote full-time years ago. And so from a business standpoint, it really hasn't been much of a, a switch, except that you know I work next to my toddlers from time to time. Which can be can be challenging. I, I'm working next to a 10-year-old attending his Python class right now. And so I'm hoping that he's really quiet. Which That's awesome. A, well, we'll see, right? So, th- I mean, that's one of the things with this whole virtual learning, virtual. There's a lot of stuff that we can do that we haven't had access to before, um, including my kids taking classes that they really wouldn't have had a chance to before. So it's fascinating. But it's hard, man. We've got one of... So I, I feel like some employees and some people work really well at home and some people just go crazy. And I've got one of my employees, he just needs to get out. He needs to go out and go camping and get dirty and and just be away from an apartment for a while. Which is tough right now to go camping where you are, right? I mean, the whole West Coast is in flames. It is really hard. So I this is a true story. I Right before we started our recording, I had to go out and I'm misting the chicken coop because which is where Zippy, the famous chicken, lives. But we're misting the chicken coop to try and keep the smoke levels down. It's, it is a really bad thing. And I have right now a family uh, from outside of Portland are driving up to move into the room above our garage right now because 10% of the people in Oregon have, have evacuated. So it is a... How are not- the cows doing out there? Well, <laughs> you know this story. So I spent uh, a couple, two days ago, I spent about four or five hours working to organize a drone, professional quality drone to go and help a rancher search for his cows across 33,000 acres, 240 head of cattle that they, they can't find because of the flames. It's, it's, it is crazy. So, How are your drone piloting skills? Uh, my, my drone piloting skills, I I mean, this is where technology is. I've got a 14 year old who's a great drone pilot. So yeah, I, I, the one time I flew his drone, I crashed it into the house. So I don't, I don't. (laughs) There you go. There's your answer. (laughs) Exactly. All right. What are we talking about today? Hit us with the rundown. Well, so we've got, we're going to cover the news as usual. And we have a special treat that's coming up for listeners. It's brand new for each of these segments. We have, we're going to go over some news. We're going to do a by the numbers section. We're going to continue our conversation on rebranding that podcast. And then my favorite segment that we have, Dumb Shit Lawyers Do. Roll that theme music. Money makes a Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice. Here on Legal Talk Network. We would like to welcome our new sponsor, LexisNexis Interaction. 
the leading client relationship management solution purpose-built for the way law firms engage with their clients. Learn more at interaction.com. Before we get started, we would like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this episode. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. Now let's jump into today's news. Now that was the surprise that we've been looking forward to sharing. We we now have some music, and I think it's important. Like the music makes us fun, and it also really is going to help listeners get used to the cadence that we're going through in each of these different segments. So I'm really excited about this. So newsy, so newsy. That I mean, I feel I'm sitting in front of a microphone. We've got the headphones on. I feel like we're breaking uh, breaking do news. A, do you have a blazer on? I do not have a blazer. I don't do blazers. Do you have a I mock mean, that's, turtleneck? I don't do. I don't do mock. Well, I used to do mock turtlenecks back when I was in you know high school. But do you have there's an no blazer? The box t-shirt on. I so you know in my typical, <laughs> I try and not be like my clients. I'm wearing a hoodie. Uh, you know the the whole hoodie thing with with Zuck. It now just screams tech nerd, and I've I think I've kind of moved right into that. But the news. Aside from our wardrobe selections, Key, my case picked up by private equity firm, right? This came out, I think, I want to say 48 hours ago. So there's a lot of private equity interest in the legal sector. And during this kind of super crazy economic times, it's fascinating to me to see, a, I would say, the level of interest in private equity in the legal sector is, it's exploded, Right. It really has, and I, I think that's you know one thing that we'll continue to talk about. But um, from the uh, solo, small, medium-sized law firm standpoint, like what does all of this money coming in mean? What does the consolidation mean? You know, on, on the one hand, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, support from a technology perspective, but uh, you know, some of this might turn into some um, either competitive advantage or competitive disadvantage, depending on your adoption level or where you sit. Um, but something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that fascinates me as I think about running the agency, we're going to start seeing talent outside of kind of the tech nerd legal marketing people coming into this space. And like real tech. With, <laughs> it starts with the private equity, right? But like, you're going to see, like there are a lot of the larger consultancies looking at this business, right? There's so much money in here and my bias, I think you share this, is that it's been so poorly managed for so long that these firms can come in and make a big difference. I think that's about right. Let's talk about Utah and Arizona, and let's absolutely infuriate our audience by talking about non-lawyer ownership. Yeah, you know, I think this has been on the horizon, and the uh, the guild, the guild of lawyers, has been trying to fight this. Um, I remember being at a conference only just a few years ago and just remembering the, uh, you know, some genuine frustration, but also some lack of um, really understanding that we're here to serve the client's uh, standpoint. And so wherever you fall on this, it's coming, it's here, it's here, at least in these two states, I think we're going to see that trend continue. And, you know, I think you need to be mindful about how you can uh, distinguish your practice uh, from 
some of these non-lawyer ownerships. But I think the other thing too is I think lawyers tend to be a little bit overly uh, paranoid about this. You know, there's only so much some of these platforms are going to be able to provide, and, and hopefully it opens up the ability to provide legal services for the segment of the market that lawyers aren't really trying to serve anyway. Um, and, you know, as we've seen with LegalZoom, sometimes it creates an entire new opportunity for practice areas. Well, and I mean, the LegalZoom thing is interesting. I saw an ad just yesterday. Uh, I can't remember who it was from, but it was basically like fight back against LegalZoom stealing your customers. And the promise for me of technology, and this this was a promise that was, I remember this was my my interview, my first interview with Mark Britton about what technology meant for the legal industry. So this goes back to 2006. And he talked about back then, so by way of background, Britton founded Avo, CEO there forever, uh, no longer. Uh, that's a different piece of news we could talk about. But um, he talked to me about the promise of technology bringing the legal system and lawyers closer to more people. And I do philosophically very high level hope that that, that promise continues to move forward. And, and it is, right? We've seen that over time. And now I believe Mark serves as an advisor to Clio. So maybe we'll see Clio lawyers coming out down the pipe. Well, he, I mean, it, it is really fascinating. So Mark is serving as an advisor to Clio. He's also very tied into private equity. I mean, we haven't had a, oh, we should talk about guests. We're not going to have Mark on as a guest. He we wouldn't have come had, anyway. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we would have to host this at some like fancy ski area and he would join us. Mm. But um, we have not had a guest. We've had lots of requests about guests. And I want to talk about why we don't want to have guests or why we haven't had guests so far, right? We can do that. For me, when I listen to the the typical podcast kind of thing, it turns into a pitch for the guest. And, and we promised you guys that we would try and bring actionable, useful, tactical stuff. And so we're probably not going to bring an opportunity to just pitch a thing. And so that's really why we've kind of avoided the guest so far. But mine's open. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens going down the road. And to be completely non-self-serving, I want to pitch an idea that at least half of you can't go to. Okay, so um, those of you who uh, know Carolyn Elephant, I've known her for a very, very long time. She's running Lawyer Mom Owner Summit, and that is at, amazingly, lawyermomownersummit.com. Neither Guy or I will be speaking at this, so this is entirely intrinsically valuable to you. And she's inspiring. She's inspiring. I listened to her talk about this summit, and then I immediately went and grabbed my 13-year-old daughter and had her listen to Carolyn talk about what it's like to be a woman business owner, because this is, you know, I mean, we are the stereotypical two middle-aged white dudes talking about technology and the law. Um, and so sometimes these different perspectives get missed. And so this is a great summit that I would recommend you guys check out if you are a lawyer, owner, mom. And in fact, in fact, if you go there to lawyer, owner, mom summit, let's talk about what we can do for these people. What are you going to do? So use the code lunch hour legal marketing when you check out on Eventbrite and we, Guy and I are contributing 50 tickets to the lawyer, mom, owner, virtual summit. So we're happy to support this. Again, we didn't, we get nothing out of this other than it will be an inspirational thing. It is on September 30th and October 1st. So it's coming up. If you use lunch hour legal marketing as your code on checkout, Guy and I are, are contributing 50 tickets to this. So go get it. it it'll be a great conference.
All right, we're going to move into by the numbers. I like our calculator theme. Love it. So Love one it. of the things, and this was Guy's idea, what do, what do we want to talk about with by the numbers? Why are, why are we doing this as a regular segment? Yeah, I think, you know, because we it's it's natural for us to share our experiences and our expertise and um, you know just some of our insights but I really want to, to to pull us back to numbers for lack of a better word uh, being data driven and uh, really thinking about what some of these numbers mean you know we preach that to our clients we talk about that we try to hold others accountable for delivering on numbers and so I think uh, in that spirit, we're going to carve out an entire segment to talk real, hard numbers. And we can also talk about numbers that are used to hide things. And soft right? numbers, too. Squishy but numbers. But like, like fake numbers. Numbers that you fake really numbers. shouldn't believe. It's like fake right. news. Fake. Well, I'll leave the fake news to you. <laughs> How to lie okay. with statistics. That is a book you guys I should know. get. So everyone who's who's serious about online marketing should go out and buy the book How to Lie with Statistics and then read that and then go talk to your agency and see if you feel nauseous because you should. Most Do we have a time. sound effect for that? The nauseous sound effect? <laughs> cue, cue the barf. Um, yeah, no, we don't have a nauseous sound effect. But the By the Numbers, so, so this first installment of By the Numbers, we're going to talk about Google Screened. Really quickly, actually, we're not going to go into the background of Google Screen because by this time, if you've heard our podcast before, you should know about it. If you don't know about it, it is a new ad unit on a paper lead model. Paper lead is very different from pay-per-click, but it essentially says we are going to charge our clients from Google X amount in order to get that lead. Now, most paper lead models in the legal industry, I don't really like because that lead is distributed to four, five, six, seven, eight different attorneys, and it's it's really whoever gets to that lead first does well. Um, and it's kind of gross because you end up with a prospective client getting five super aggressive phone calls within like six minutes. Was there a number in here? There is a number in here. It's 75. Sorry. Okay. Are we, do we need to get right to the Hence, point? by the numbers. <laughs> Are you making me stick to the point here? All right. no, I would never dream of trying to get you to stick to the point. The number is 75. Okay. 75. 75. 75 what? There are, so 75 is the paper lead number currently modeled by Google for a personal injury lead through Google Screened. That seems lower than usual. That sounds like a good deal, Guy, doesn't it? Could be. I mean, how, I mean, how good are the leads? Well, so, well, that's a very good question. Um, so how good are the leads? But having like, I mean, I don't know if you can share your numbers, but I'm certainly happy to share roughly for us in PI, generating inbound inquiries at a cost of $75, that would be fantastic, right? In Google, right. And I think that's the important thing here is that if we're, it's not exactly apples to apples, but let's just say it's apples to apples to Google ads. $75 a lead in PI versus Google ad would be really good in any kind of competitive market. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if you can share here, but our cost per lead, we call it cost per lead through pay-per-click is typically in the 180 to $300 level, depending on what you're kind of looking at. I don't know if you have the same numbers, but it's probably- Yeah. I was, was going to, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of all over the map because it depends on you know, how aggressive you're spending and if you're what, how niche you want to go. But I was going to throw out 300 
um, okay. as a decent target. But again, you know, it, it, my big thing with paper lead, like as you had mentioned, is, is it's another step closer to return on ad spend, but it right. still only matters in the context of actually return on ad spend, right? So you spend X, you got to get X plus Y back or else you should be thinking about different advertising. So the interesting thing, as we've rolled some of these Google screens out, I now actually have data. So, so Google's modeling this at 75 paper lead when they're trying to help you determine what your budget to, should be, self-servingly help you determine what your budget should be. The actual numbers we're seeing in specific to PI uh, is about double that, right? So their model is already well, 50% lower than what the actual numbers should, should really look like. It is and today. So it is today. So what's going to happen here is as Google gets smarter and smarter about what people are willing to pay for, this paper lead concept is going to be very, very fluid and it's going to change over time. And so well, it's still auction-based, isn't it? It's it's still very auction-based, okay? So, so the price will go up. The, the, well, the price will go up if it should go up in terms of what people are willing to pay. Well, it'll, sometimes it'll go up even if it shouldn't go up because lawyers will just set like a, oh, I'll set a $1,000 cost per lead threshold. And then three months in, it'll be like, this program doesn't work. Right, right. <laughs> so so stay tuned. We'll keep you guys up to speed on how the numbers with Google Screen evolve. Cool. Let's jump into Rebrand That Podcast. Jazz. I like the jazz. Me too. So, uh, as usual, we solicited some listener feedback, which we will do again at the end of this episode, if you're listening, we'd love to hear feedback. And we got some great feedback that we thought was very relevant to our Rebrand That Podcast segment. It comes from our friend, Mr. Michael Romano, and he posted on Facebook, uh, barf emoji as requested, because we did request barf emojis. Um, another great podcast, three thoughts, keep the podcast branded as lunch hour thing. The last thing we need as attorneys, parents is another podcast to have to fit into our busy schedules and listening to this while literally eating lunch, breakfast, eating is a neat little hook. Awesome feedback Two, ditch the make money rap jingle. I get that it's hip, but one of the things that differentiates you and Conrad from other marketers is that you have integrity and don't push the get rich quick scheme. And other marketers do. So how about a nice piano jazz intro like they use on NPR's Marketplace? I mean, we, we had just the jazz did already. jazz. We just did the jazz. So jazz and, and by the check. way, we didn't do that on purpose, but I, I, I like where Romano is going with this. Well, our, our uh, sound engineer may have done that on purpose because he's <sighs> super clever. That is um, true. And three, I would enjoy hearing you guys have a guest each week, which we did talk about a little bit. Could be an attorney who had recent marketing win, a productivity guru or coding nerd and under the hood stuff or a mother who figured out how or where to buy Chromebooks. Keep it coming, guys. I enjoy it. Thank you so much for the feedback. I dig this feedback a lot. We're in the segment Rebrand That Podcast, so let's focus on one, the lunch hour thing. Yeah. So I will tell you, I, I one of the, the keys with brand, and I have my own personal recent experience with this, is the consistency, right? And it's not that you're starting all over again, but it gets confusing when you mess with brand. And so I don't love the hamburger icon, but like keeping this brand, there's so much value and consistency 
Um, and by the way, you lawyers have trouble with this because you break up and make up and make make partnerships and unbreak and break partnerships up, and you're always changing your name all the time. That's problematic, right? Um, so that's a brief aside on the on the lawyer positioning. But there there is a huge value in consistency in brand, right? Yeah, and I think from the you know the, the listening to the audience aspect of this, you know, I think Romano's not alone, right? I think especially right now, time is limited. Folks are scrambling to you know, work, take care of kids, all the other things that this crazy life uh, demands of us. And so for me, I think that that theme resonates. And I think that, you know, both us, you know, we're both parents and um, we love lunch. <laughs> I don't know, you even ate lunch. I don't know if you love lunch. Um, but, I, but I get that. I hear, I hear that. And I think that that is a, a persistent attribute of our target audience. And so I really do appreciate that feedback. And I find it very compelling. Yeah, I do too. Let's talk about the music. Music. So we haven't talked about this, but we can talk about it now. We haven't talked about this privately. I've never loved the money jingle, right? And it's just, it hasn't really, it, it's never really hit me the right way. But Romano's, this is one of the beautiful things about getting feedback from other people. He actually verbalized why I don't like it. And it really goes to the positioning that I think both you and I have. Right. And, and we can go make fun of some other people in a second, but you have integrity and don't push the get rich quick scheme that other marketers do. That's why I don't like that. And like, he's just explaining to me why I intrinsically never really dug the music on that. It's funny too, because again, this is, you know, part of the, this segment is to be able to help lawyers understand some of the things they should be thinking about as they're working on their own brands or doing a rebrand or positioning. And in this context, uh, I'm just going to tell you what I was thinking, which is it didn't strike me like that at all, which is why it's so important to get actual, whether it's clients or listeners or users or whatever it is, external feedback. Because for me, you know, I remember when we were first having the conversations, you know, I just, I personally like the jingle just from a, such a stylistic standpoint. But the idea was that instead of getting into more of like the marketing gobbledygook, like let's face it. Law firms are businesses. We're here to make money, and that was really the the uh, thrust of why we went in that direction. But it's such great feedback to get that because I wouldn't have even thought that um, maybe there could be you know the positioning on the integrity thing and the get rich quick thing, which I hear when I you know actually you know I'm reflecting on it. Um, but again, I think the grander point here is is that it's so important to get that feedback so that you don't just you know you're you're not applying your own cognitive biases and building websites that you like and building marketing and positioning and logos and stuff that you like, get out there and listen to what your clients and potential clients and friends and family members and colleagues and referral sources, what they think about it. So, I mean, this is a really good point here. It, it, it matters less what you personally like than what resonates, but, but there, there's gotta be a correlation between the, who you are and that positioning. I think that's really, really key. You know, this, this Romano's comment about we don't, preach the get rich quick thing, right? I've recently been nauseated by some of the crap advertising that I'm seeing from internet marketing people focusing on lawyers. And it, oh, especially it on like, Facebook. Especially on Facebook. You know oh, it's cringeworthy. But you know, very, you know, it's sadly for them, it's, uh, it definitely generates some interest. So here's, this is, this is the formula. It's very easy. Here's the formula. Here's my proven system to triple your revenue in 12 months. And here are all the lawyers who are listening to that, okay? And and you can see variants of that theme ad nauseum on Facebook advertising, okay? Now, Guy, 
Is it easy to triple the revenue of a law firm in 12 months? Uh, not, not for me. Okay. Um, two, is there a proven system to make this happen? Uh, you know, define proven, right? Like, has it happened? I'm sure it's happened. Sure. Is it happening 99 out of 100 times? Yeah, I don't think so. So by the way, this stuff Skeptical. is really hard. This stuff is really hard. So so I, I listen, I see that stuff on, on the web all the time, like just bombarded by that stuff. And the other part of the equation to that is in our jingle where it says make stacks of mad fat cash and i'm like whoa that's like triple your revenue (laughs) triple your revenue it's the same thing i mean if in fairness it is just the theme song not actually a segment (laughs) should should we add a segment triple your revenue in our proven system i have just the guests for us (laughs) i do do you want to (laughs) <laughs> no, don't name the guests. No, I'm not going to name those okay. recommended guests, All but right. I mean, it would be funny to invite them on. I did get an email telling me to piss off. I could invite them on this show. We probably shouldn't do that. That's, we'll, that do, might... uh, we'll add the new Crank Anchors segment where we call them and they can be our surprise. You're a guest. We <laughs> Tell us about your system. <laughs> um, hi, this is Zippy Chicken Law Firm. I would like to uh, triple my revenue. Is Zippy French? Was that an attempt at a French Zippy? No, it's not okay. French. It was my. Well, this is what well, happens when you let something your kids happened. name things. Okay. Yeah, they become. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't Australian. It was definitely not Australian. So no, it was. It was. It was. I think twelve-year-old uh, kid naming conventions. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, listeners, please do keep that feedback coming, uh, especially with respect to our rebranding journey. Uh, remember, if you want to give that feedback on the socials that have the hashtags, hashtag LHLM brand, hashtag LHLM, we are listening and following along. And so uh, please do let us know if you want to share branding questions, branding tips, branding experiences, favorite lawyer brands. Hit us up. We're talking brand. We want to know about it. And now let's take a quick break. The right client relationship management solution enables and empowers firm growth. LexisNexis Interaction is designed specifically for law firms and embeds client intelligence at the heart of every interaction, providing valuable insights into client relationships so you can make strategic decisions about how to focus your resources to gain more business. Learn more and request your free demo at interaction.com slash lunch hour. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. And we're back from the break. And cue the dumb shit lawyers do sound effect. Just kidding. We don't have a sound effect for that one yet. Conrad, oh, tell us we what should. lawyers are doing. We sh- I mean, the, the danger with a dumb shit lawyers do sound effect is it feels like we've given control to my eight-year-old of the audio track, which is not a good idea. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have received feedback that some of our listeners have not liked the concept of 
dumb shit lawyers do. It's like insulting the audience. So maybe that can be part of our branding uh, exercise. So tell us if you don't like the dumb shit lawyers do segment, LHLM brand, but uh, turn it over to Conrad. Well, because I'm so used to insulting our audience. And this is my forte. You're, no, you're not suggesting. just because you're so, yeah, because you're so good at it. I So I do remember, so at the risk of having a unnecessarily long segue. I do remember writing a post when I was at Avo about like the worst legal marketing. And I did that for like three or four years running. And then I got lit up one year about like, hey, why are you just making fun of lawyers? But some of you guys do some really dumb shit. And I'm going to give you an example of one that I think a lot of you are doing unintentionally. And this is the rejection letter key. Mm, I remember these. <laughs> so the rejection letter and 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 all of you should be sending these out and by the way if you're doing a great job with marketing you're sending more of these out because you can be more picky and choosy about the clients with whom you work or the type of work that you do so you do need to have this rejection yeah and not to mention that you should be letting people know that you're not uh, representing them because there are legal ethics issues there but you know putting that aside for a second i think this is a point you're making too is this is about, this is service and experience here. This is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to either put your foot in it or be amazing, right? And so the goal of this rejection letter, and I wanna, I wanna bring yourselves back to seventh grade dating. Your goal of the rejection letter is to break up as gently as possible so you don't end up getting flamed on Google reviews. And that happens a lot. I've, I've taught, you must have had this conversation with other attorneys. Most of my negative reviews are from people who never hired us. That's our only negative review. Is that attorney sinks only negative review? Well, we had two. We had someone that complained that they thought we were spamming them years, those years ago about from our, our guide downloads. But um, recently, yeah, we had someone that was, uh, felt they had a bad experience on the phone wasn't a client, uh, was just asking us about our services. And, um, you know, we concluded that we weren't a great fit for each other and this person was not happy and you can go search attorney sync and see the review it's all over the web all over the web so i'm gonna read parts i i got an email the other day from a client who said conrad can you please rewrite our rejection letter because we're getting these negative reviews from it fine so he sent it to me and my first thought was like let's not frame this as a rejection letter right? Let's frame this as a, I'm sorry, we can't work with you letter. And so I'm just going to read really small clips of this. Uh, regrettably, our firm is not in the position to represent you in your matter at this time. We strongly recommend that you consult another attorney immediately should you wish further advice or to pursue any potential claim that you may have. There are various statutes of limitations. If you wish to have an attorney represent you and you do not have another attorney in mind, we suggest that you contact your local bar association, blah, blah, blah. Sounds very lawyerly. This reads to me as a non-lawyer, Guy, as a legal disclaimer. That's, I think that's what their intention was. And that is probably important. Do you want to talk about why that's important? We don't need to talk about why that's important, right? Mm -hmm. No, they get it. The problem is when you have just walked in on your spouse with the pool boy, or when your kid has been in an accident, the carefully worded and non-caring rejection letter pisses you off. We do have sound effects. I love this. That came in perfectly. So don't do that, right? And so a couple things here. One, 
this needs to come across as personal and as I care, right? And two, and this is probably going to make me unfriends with every single state bar association, but they're not probably the best way for someone to be referred to a lawyer because you're starting from scratch all over again. Three, when you're not sending that person to someone specific, you're not building any goodwill, right? And so one of the greatest things to do is like, hey, yeah, I'm an up and coming attorney who's hungry and, and this looks like a matter that might work for you. You can build up a whole bunch of goodwill. One of the things, and I, and I, I did a quick Facebook Live conversation on this. One of the things that came up, Guy, was what do you do with the crazy client who no one wants? How do you let that person down carefully? How do you do it, Conrad? You know how I do it. I send them. <laughs> Don't I do what you... Conrad does. No, you should. <laughs> send them to someone you don't like. <laughs> um, I think another thing for, for me, just to uh, just add a little bit here, uh, you know, we talk about productivity and streamlining and automating. This is not the place for efficiency, productivity, and automation. And so, um, you know, the, my point is the first initial turndown, the breakup, doesn't happen via email or via letter. That's a great point. Um, you know, th if you want to have one of these as like an insurance policy after you've had some conversations, you know, you've had a phone conversation and you've walked them through, you've shown the empathy, you've explained why uh, it's not really not in, the, in either of your best interests to uh, work with each other. Uh, then maybe this is a good, you know, documented uh, policy. But, you know, I've seen this where, especially if you're a volume-based practice, you're like, I don't have time. I, you know, I'm getting hundreds of inquiries uh, regularly. I can't, uh, I can't administer that. And so, you know, again, I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that issue. I'm just saying that an automated, you check a box and a uh, turndown letter's fired off this boilerplate like this, that's probably not the best way to do it. So what could you do? You know, maybe that's something, honestly, even it just having like somebody else at the firm, maybe it's support staff, maybe it's even like a, you know, th this is somewhere in between, but at least a video of recording of you, you know, talking about some of the reasons why you turn down uh, cases, but something that, that reads, that's more thoughtful than just a, your case is time going to be time barred here. And I'm, I'm clearly trying to just like disclaim my own liability here go talk to the state bar, have a nice day. Yeah. One of the things, if you're a PI lawyer, one of the things that I like doing, and, and, and people get really annoyed with the PI lawyers who don't take their matter, is to blame the system. Blame someone else. Blame the system. Blame something that like, hey, this is the way personal injury works. And I wish it was different. I think everyone deserves the justice that they deserve. And that was a terrible use of language. So rewrite <laughs> that one. Um, oh, here's, if you want to be, if you want to really, this is, I'm just getting really creative now. Well, maybe I know where you're going with this. Well, I think it's creative, but it's, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really shooting from the hip here. I don't, I'm, I'm very big on this, the concept of civil Gideon. And so I would be like, for every time you turn down a case, we donate 10 bucks to some kind of civil justice or civil Gideon or some kind of access to justice program. And it just speaks to that kind of thing where it's like, you know, look, now I, th I think the turn down, the client who got turned down is not going to care maybe. But it goes to that same kind of theme of like, this is the, this is a problem of the system. And because of this, this is something that we've decided to do as a firm to uh, increase access. I don't know. Yeah. 
I love that idea. That's not where I thought you were going. It's super creative and it it positions that firm as being really caring about this issue that like we can't take your case and that stinks. And this is our contribution to try and make sure as a whole that that's less of a problem. But blame Where'd you think I was going? I thought you were going to write your senator. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm trying to do something pr- pr- constructive. No, the, oh, oh, do you want to get into politics? No, not yet. I, yeah. Um, okay. So that for me is just break up really carefully. And, and Guy's right. Break up personally. Have the guts to make that phone call. Right. I mean, that's uh, I'm sure kids in seventh grade are breaking up over email by email at this point in time, but have the guts to, to deliver that message and, and maybe maybe having downsourcing that to someone in your firm who, who's going to make that call instead of you may be the right thing to do. But, but the phone call is a, a great way to do this. Yeah. And look, you know, look, we can't we can't give you answers that's going to that work for every firm and every context and every situation. Uh, we wish we could. Um, so you got to find what works for you. But I think that the theme here is more empathy, more understanding, you know, it's, maybe not the analogy Conrad used, but b- people are dealing with uh, difficult things when they come to talk to a lawyer. And it's very frustrating to have a hard time um, finding a lawyer that's willing to help you. And you got to put yourself in their shoes. Um, and so, and, and not just churn them out, right? Not just process. And, and another thing too that makes me think about this is not exactly the same thing, but I just want to say a quick word on it is if you're finding that you're getting a lot of inquiries that aren't people you can help because it's like the wrong practice area or they don't know what you do, that's like time to reflect on your marketing and your positioning and where you're spending ad dollars. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, uh, we, we get these, these conversations every now and then like, I keep getting calls for X, Y, or Z. And you're like, well, here's X, Y, and Z all over your website. Right. That may, I, I had this literally yesterday. This guy was complaining to me about all the MedMal cases that he's getting. Doesn't want MedMal anymore. Hates MedMal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, 40% of your site is about medical malpractice. Let's work on that. The other thing along this these lines, this is really hard, especially in the PI world to, to deal with. Google does a terrible job of distinguishing between quality cases and low quality cases, because the person who's just broken their back and the person who's just nicked their finger uses the same search query to look for you. And so one of the things, I don't know if you, you I'm sure you have this conversation with, with, with specifically PI people is the only way to find the really great cases with SEO and PPC is to search through all the bad ones, right? And yeah. I mean, there's that, there's some, that, that is exactly the, I think the, that's the that, that's for sure some of the guidance. I think if you wanted to get really tactical, and, and this goes into the balance of like, you know, if you want to be the dominant PI firm capturing the most market share in your market, you're going to run into this a lot because your ads need right. to be up and they need to be up for the high volume terms. If you're not, if you want to be a little more strategic, uh, you know, the thing that we talk about a lot is focus on the lowest common denominator, which, you know, in PI at least tends to be the injury, right? So we know that certain cases have different values based on the nature of the injuries. Uh, that's one thing you can focus on. There's obviously in, in other, uh, outside of PI, there are other things you can do like demographic targeting, there's location right. targeting. But but the point is, is that yes, to a certain extent, there you're going to get uh, a mixed bag. And so, you know, you got to talk, think about things like your blended targeted cost per acquisition uh, for a client, knowing that, you know, out of a hundred 
inquiries you're going to get, you know, a certain amount of those are going to be right in your, uh, meet your marketing targets. All right. With that, we're going to call this a wrap. And next time you come in, you can expect to have the segments. You can expect to have our awesome sound effects, which I'm super digging. I think that's going to make things a lot better. And we're going to continue to talk about rebranding the podcast. I, we, you may even hear new theme music. We'll see based on Romano's comments. Guy and I are going to, uh, I'm not sure we're going to go to smooth jazz. I um, love smooth jazz. <laughs> it's good for sleeping. Some Kenny G. Yeah, we're not putting Kenny G on here. No, <laughs> no. There will be no soprano saxophones on this podcast. Well, thank you again, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, please do submit questions, topic ideas, feedback, uh, and do subscribe if you just stumbled across this on your favorite podcast casting apparatus, whether it be Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. There's a lot of these podcast things. Thank you again. And, uh, and if you liked what you heard, please don't forget to leave us a review on particularly Apple Podcast because that's what we stare at all afternoon. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.